This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Tuesday, April 28th, 2020. On this day in 2017, three men were sentenced for their roles in one of the biggest heists in Canadian history. But they didn't rob a bank or steal a collection of valuable jewels. They stole 18.7 million Canadian dollars worth of maple syrup. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the sentencing of the men responsible for what has been dubbed the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Let's go back to Trois-Rivières, Quebec, on April 28, 2017. Richard Vallier, his father Raymond, and Etienne Saint-Pierre stood before the judge, awaiting their fates. Despite their protestations of innocence, the three men had been found guilty of leading the effort to steal 3,000 tons of maple syrup from a warehouse between 2011 and 2012. The plot had attracted significant attention after authorities realized the syrup was missing in July of 2012. Many of the people outside Quebec couldn't help but wonder, why maple syrup? The word cartel evokes imagery of violent drug gangs, or perhaps oil organizations like OPEC that dictate the price of fossil fuels. Very few people think of the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers. High fructose corn syrup like Aunt Jemima's or Mrs. Butterworth's can be made in any old factory. But real, honest-to-God maple syrup can only come from a small area in North America where maple trees thrive. And a large portion of that territory is in Quebec. Historically, over 70% of the global maple syrup supply comes from this Canadian province. But the problem with maple syrup is the same as many agricultural products. The quantity and quality varies from year to year. Looking to stabilize their product and fix their prices, the French-Canadian government allowed its private farmers to create the Federation in 1966. The strategy worked. By consolidating the various maple farms under a single banner, the Federation ensured it had a consistent supply of high-quality syrup to sell year-round. And by limiting how much went onto the open market, the Federation ensured that a barrel of maple syrup became 13 times more valuable than a barrel of crude oil. In fact, the Federation built up such a big reserve that in June of 2011, it had to rent additional space in another warehouse to store it all. 
Unlike their main facility, this auxiliary space had little security. No cameras, no alarms. There was only a locked gate blocking the driveway. But the Federation's officials weren't worried. They never even considered someone would try to steal syrup. A single barrel weighed 620 pounds. Moving that much product without attracting Quebec's agricultural authorities would be nearly impossible. Or so they thought. The warehouse the Federation rented was partly owned by the wife of a man named Avic Caron. With thousands of barrels ripe for the taking, Caron instigated the biggest heist in the country's history. But in order to pull it off, he needed help. He recruited Richard Vallier, a self-proclaimed barrel roller. Richard was an expert at working Quebec's thriving maple syrup black market. If anyone could fence the stolen syrup, it was him. Richard brought his father, Raymond, into the fold. Together, they rented their own space within Caron's warehouse. It would be an inside job. With unrestricted access to the warehouse, the thieves could smuggle out the Federation's syrup during odd hours when nobody else was there. Once they loaded up the barrels, Richard and Raymond brought them to a backwoods processing facility known as a sugar shack. One barrel at a time, they siphoned the syrup into their own containers. With the transfer complete, they refilled the empty barrels with water and drove them back to the warehouse. Then it was time to sell the stolen goods. Smuggling it into New Brunswick and Vermont, the thieves sold their French-Canadian liquid gold to unscrupulous resellers like Etienne Saint-Pierre. Using this system, the gang stole approximately 10,000 barrels of maple syrup, nearly 12.5% of the Federation's total supply. And for months, nobody was the wiser. But like many criminal operations, eventually they got sloppy. Coming up, the great Canadian maple syrup heist comes to an end. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. From 2011 to 2012, a group of thieves stole 18.7 million Canadian dollars worth of maple syrup. With no security at the Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers Auxiliary Warehouse, it seemed like they could let the good times roll forever. But in July 2012, the syrup train came screeching to a halt. Every year, the Federation conducts an annual inventory check. In 2012, that job fell to a man named Michel Gauvreau. 
he didn't think twice about clambering over the tall stacks of barrels. The massive, syrup-filled containers could more than hold his weight. But as he climbed up, one of the barrels nearly gave way. Once he regained his balance, Gauvreau pried open the offending cask. When he looked inside, his eyes widened in shock. The barrel was empty. And it wasn't the only one. Gauvreau called in reinforcements, and they conducted a more thorough investigation. There were too many empty barrels for it to be a simple error, and if they weren't convinced, the containers filled with water were clear evidence that the syrup inside had been stolen. Before long, law enforcement was swarming over the syrup warehouse. At first, the case fell under the jurisdiction of the Quebec Provincial Police, but when the sheer scope of the heist became evident, the Royal Mounted Police got involved. Once they realized some of the so-called hot syrup had been moved across the border, U.S. Customs joined in. In total, nearly 300 people were interviewed, 40 search warrants were granted, 26 people were arrested. Amongst them were the barrel rollers Richard and Raymond Vallier and the New Brunswick-based reseller Etienne Saint-Pierre. Identified as the operation's ringleaders, the three men finally stood trial in October 2016. Despite the overwhelming evidence against them, they refused to own up to what they'd done. Richard Vallier did admit to siphoning the syrup and refilling the barrels with water, but he claimed he'd been forced to do it at gunpoint. As he told it, the mysterious assailant had ties to the mafia. When it was Saint-Pierre's turn to take the stand, he defiantly told the jury, you can't prove what tree the syrup came from. But the prosecutors got Saint-Pierre to admit that he resented the Federation's grip over the market, and there was zero evidence to back up Richard's mafia claims. The evidence that they had proving Richard sold Saint-Pierre the stolen goods didn't hurt either. In the end, Richard Vallier was found guilty of theft, fraud, and trafficking stolen goods. On April 28, 2017, he was sentenced to eight years in prison and slapped with a $9.4 million fine. If he couldn't pay it, the sentence increased to 14 years behind bars. His father, Raymond, was found guilty of possession of stolen goods and fraud with the intention to traffic. Saint-Pierre was found guilty of fraud and trafficking stolen goods as well. Their punishments were much less severe than Richard's. Both were sentenced to about two years served in the community, which is also known as parole. As for the stolen syrup itself, a large portion of it had already been poured into the open market and couldn't be recovered. You might have even tasted some of it yourself. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more stories of heists and stolen goods, check out the ParCast original, Gone. 
Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound design by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Alex Benedon, with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 